All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn with you here. And joining me, because there's a lot of stuff, a lot of cuts, tagging, all sorts of different things going on in the NFL, Jarrett Bailey from Sports Illustrated and Fansided. Jarrett, what's going on? Hey, man, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for hopping on. So let's start here, by the way, because, again, a lot of things happened this week. A couple of days ago, the biggest news you could say in the NFL, Dak Prescott gets a monster deal from the Dallas Cowboys. What'd you think? I mean, you look at the deal overall, um, it makes sense right now for Dallas. I mean, who else are we going to put a quarterback? Garrett Gilbert. We saw how that worked out. <laughs> so, um, I guess they wanted to lock him down. Um, but at the same time, I think the bigger overlaying story is, you know, who's next in line. You look at Josh Allen's contract going to be coming up. What's he going to demand? You know, is he going to be wanting, all right, you know, Dak got 42 a year. I'm going to want 44. So I think that's going to be the overlaying storyline on all of this is, you know, all right, Dak's getting 42. It's going to be, all right, well, whenever Justin Herbert needs to get his, whenever, you know, Josh Allen needs to get his, this is going to keep, you know, I think these guys are really going to have to look and see, all right, am I really going to try to keep, you know, resetting the market or am I going to, you know, try to take a little bit less the way I can get it to around me. But in terms of Dallas right now, I mean, they got a lot of guys that have big contracts. You know, Jerry Jones paid Ezekiel Elliott. He paid Amari Cooper. He paid Demarcus Lawrence. And now he's saying Dak Prescott got a lot of money. Defense is bad last year. How are they going to try to, you know, get better pieces into, you know, what was a really bad defense? They're going to have to draft really well, which is very clear now, considering that they're not going to have a lot of money to work with with all those ginormous contracts. So, no, Dak Prescott is a top-ten quarterback in the league. Um, but at the same time, we got to look at, all right, how is that going to be too much more successful even with him now? Because even with it, when he was in the starting lineup last year, it, it wasn't going too well. Aside from, you know, a miracle win against Atlanta, they could have very well gone winless without him or with him in the lineup. So um, if, if they can't draft well, if they can't get guys to fill these slots that need filled, whether it be in the secondary or uh, in the pass rush, it's, it, it might be all for not. Um, so I, I get, I get wanting to pay Dak. I get wanting him to stay there, and it makes sense. But giving him forty-two million dollars, uh, I think, was a little bit much. And I think we're going to see that play out over the next few seasons, um, depending on how the Cowboys draft. It could come back to bite him in the butt. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I, I think you said something really interesting there with the idea of other quarterbacks and who's next in line and top of the market deals. Because I was actually reading something for Prescott just a couple of minutes ago, and one of the reasons why he said he was satisfied with the deal is because he was doing it for other quarterbacks. It was the idea of, hey, I got to do this for the other guys. The league is growing. Mm-hmm. It's it's his obligation to make more money for the idea of getting other quarterbacks more money. But it, it just seems like a weird dynamic because, and I think this is kind of what you're hitting on, is it better for him to go and make more money for the sake of other quarterbacks or is it better for him to take less money and do the Brady thing for the sake of the team? Well, I mean, I think that's what everybody's kind of pointing to right now is the fact that, you know, and I get that we can't constantly make the comparison to either. That seems what we really do. You know, oh, Bill Belichick does this and Tom Brady does this. Well, this is a once in a lifetime really type thing with, you know, those two guys. So, Mm -hmm. but, you know, that said, you know, Tom Brady has kind of set the mold, hasn't he? You know, you look at how much he's getting paid compared to other quarterbacks, it's not nearly as much. And then you look at the success he's having compared to, you know, the quarterbacks that are in the top ten, like a Jared Goff, like a Kirk Cousins, like a Matt Ryan. You know, he's had a lot more success, and can that be attributed to the fact that he does take significant pay cuts so they can get other big-name guys uh, to contribute? I think that that has a fair argument around it. Um, but, yeah, I I get uh, – it's kind of similar to me to maybe like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell situation where – you know, they were very adamant on wanting higher-end deals because they felt that they were worth it. And 
wanting to set the market for future running backs. I think that there's a little bit of parallel there. But for sure, I think when you look at what Tom Brady's done, I guess that's kind of the best example we can draw from this. Or, you know, even, you know, the Rams situation when they realize, okay, we've got a quarterback on a rookie contract who's super cheap. Let's just go all out, get as much guys as we can to build around him for the next few years and see if we can make a run at this thing. I think that, you know, teams with young, cheap quarterbacks are really going to thrive for the foreseeable future in the league. So, you know, you look at a team like the Chargers or Justin Herbert, I think we're going to see you know, that front office get aggressive and try to get him as much pieces as they can for the next few years before they know that they have to give him a lot of money and they won't be able to afford these guys. So I think that's something that's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years. But, you know, Brady's kind of set the mold where I'm going to take less so other guys can come in and get what, you know, their fair share as well. And we can try to make a run and keep winning championships. And you know, he just signed another contract and which doesn't pay him, you know, nearly the amount that other top quarterbacks get. We'll see how long he can keep this run up. But, you know, I, I do think that there is a valid argument to be made on quarterbacks taking less to get more around them. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not like you're saying, okay, all these guys need to take the veteran minimum or they need to get paid by, like, linebackers do. Right. It's just they're making over $40 million a year now. So when the highest position outside of that is what, like defensive end, defensive tackle, wide receiver, you get guys to make about 20 I mean, you're getting to the point where they're more than doubling the cost of other positions. And so what is that right value? What does make the most sense? Because going back to the Bucks here, and we're, and we're talking with Jarrett Bailey from Sports Illustrated and Fansided. Looking at the Bucks, they're keeping this whole team together. I mean, they franchise tag Godwin, Levante David just signed for two more years. Brady's mm-hmm. spreading out, uh, spreading out that cap hit. I mean, they added technically some of the years are like garbage mystery years, but they technically added four years onto his deal to spread out the cap hit. So, looking at how the Bucks have restructured everything, uh, how do you think they line up? Are they still the best team in the NFC? I mean, the argument can be made right now, right? I mean, they're coming off a season in which they won the Super Bowl and. The, the storyline for Tampa Bay going into this year is like, all right, you know, are they going to be able to keep the band together? Are they going to be able to re-sign both Levante David and Shaq Bear, both of which were arguably the two most valuable assets to that defense? Well, you know, they franchise tag Chris Godwin, like you said. They bring in Levante David. Uh, if they bring in, if they bring back Shaq Barrett, I mean, they're pretty much just running it back at this point. Yeah. So, um, and I get it. You know, they hit that that big road bump where they lost three straight in November. Um, but after that, I mean, they they didn't lose again. So. Um, now, I, I get that people are going to keep waiting for the collapse of Tom Brady, but you know, until we see it, then they're going to have to be considered at least you know a top top one or two threat in the NFC. Especially because you know, you look at the NFC, it's very top heavy. You know, there's you know Tampa Bay, it's Green Bay. You know, depending on what happens this offseason with Seattle, I guess you can still consider them up there. The Rams got Matthew Stafford, but in terms of just like really elite teams, I think that's really only two there: Tampa Bay and Green Bay right now. So it's a very top-heavy conference, and when you got you know a team that's basically running it back off a Super Bowl year, I think that it'd be you'd be hard pressed to make the argument for any other team in that conference being better than them right now. Yeah, it it really is tough. Now, here's another thing, right? Is as we're getting to draft season and everything is starting to build up that way. Trey Lance just had his pro day. A bunch of people mm-hmm. from all around the league were going to Trey Lance's pro day. So. At this point, the conversation's really interesting with quarterback, right? Because you have Trevor Lawrence, which basically everybody in the world says that he's the best quarterback prospect in the draft. But just in your opinion, with all these other guys that you have in sort of that 1B tier, if you will, like who do you think's the second best quarterback in the draft right now? Man, I love Zach Wilson a lot. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, film sessions for 
Crocker Report, which is you know a site run by Eric Crocker. Um, and I've done a lot on Zach Wilson. And the more I watch him, man, he is trying to find a comp for him is difficult because he's got an absolute – he's probably got the most raw arm talent in this draft. I think you can make the argument for that. Um, but he's got just an unbelievable arm. His scrambling ability is underrated. It's almost like, you know, uh, a Josh Allen-Kyler Murray hybrid almost is what Zach Wilson could potentially become. Um, so I think he is the second best quarterback in this draft. I absolutely, just, he does unbelievable things and turns a lot of plays that could be devastating into incredible plays. Um, so uh, Zach Wilson's probably to be the second best quarterback in this draft. Now you mentioned Trey Lance as well. Trey Lance is he's Lamar Jackson with a better arm. Uh, you look at his game film from obviously you have to go back to 2019, considering he only played the one game uh, this past fall and he's not playing uh, with North. Not good to say right now, obviously, mm. but you look at what he can do. His running style, I mean, he's he's not your typical running quarterback. I mean, he, run, he runs with power. He runs with a purpose. He wants to run you over. Um, and then you look at the way he throws the ball. He just puts the perfect amount of touch on it. He's, yeah, I think if he goes to an offense like a Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, they would absolutely thrive. And um, so you can make the argument that Trey Lance is the second-best quarterback in this draft, and I wouldn't argue with it too much. I still like Zach Wilson better. But in terms of the quarterbacks that, you know, the big four, you know, if I had to rank them right now, Trevor Lawrence, don't overthink it. He's the best quarterback in the draft. I think he's just been around too long where people are just trying to find something wrong with him. <laughs> Definitely. Down it there. It's totally um, it. So I think Trevor Lawrence is number one. I'd put Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three, and Justin Fields four. I think the, the top three are going to be phenomenal. And I think depending where Justin Fields goes, I wouldn't be surprised if he was phenomenal either. But if he goes to a bad situation, like let's say that a trade happens with Say Carolina trades for Deshaun Watson, they're left with that number seven or the number eight pick, um, and they take Justin Fields. Well, it's not going to have a whole lot around him to work with, so we could see him struggle in that situation. So uh, I think all top four have all the potential in the world to be successful. After that, I'm not too high on any of those quarterbacks, but um, I think that those top four have all the potential in the world to be successful at the next level. Yeah, totally with you. Now we're talking with Jared Bailey of Sports Illustrated and Fanside. I got another question for you, by the way, because this is one of those things that I saw the news and I just, honestly, I immediately just went, holy crap, I can't, I can't believe what's going on here. The XFL is talking about merging with the Canadian Football League. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? I think it's always good for, you know, smaller organizations to work together and try to combine their talent. Uh, we saw a success with the XFL was last year. We saw a success stories from it. You know, we saw PJ Walker go from being the league MVP to getting a job in Carolina and starting a game and, you know, helping the team win the game when he started. So, um, you know, the CFL has you know, a lot of talent as well. And the fact that they want to work together and to be a nerd here, and make a wrestling reference. Uh, <laughs> the fact that, Oh, man, I'm going to confuse so many fans here, but that's okay. <laughs> go um, ahead. Go for so, it. Go for it. So the fact that it reminds me of how all elite wrestling and impact wrestling are kind of working together right now just to get as much you know, good talent working together as they can. So I think that, you know, The Rock is a smart man, and he knows what he's doing, um, and I'm glad to see him in charge of this and giving it, you know, the best direction that he can. So now, the more exposure that both leagues can get, they're going to be able to do it better together, and I think that that's a phenomenal idea to try to get as much eyes on as much guys who want to get back to the NFL or into the NFL as, as, as in the best way that they can. So I think that working together is always a good thing to do, and you know the higher-ups in both leagues understand that as well. So I think it'll be great for football. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, and this has been great talking about football. Jared Bailey from Sports Illustrated and Fan Side. Jared, thanks so much, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. Take care.